good. Thank now, you. Graham, before you start, I understand there's a number of people here who, who know you, but there might be some people who, who don't know you. Yeah. So can I just ask you a couple of questions yeah. beforehand? Is that okay? Good. Yep. Your mic's on. Everyone can hear Could Graham. I just say before you do yeah. that we have a, a man in power who works for Power to Change in our church who is 92 and still rides his bike every day. You know who I'm talking about? Norm. What a great inspiration he is to... To you, Barbara, he's ahead of you. <laughs> but he rides his bike every day, but he still works as the prayer coordinator, is it, for the uh, for Power to Change. Yeah. Is he on Instagram? Uh, probably. <laughs> good, good. Knowing Norm. <laughs> Excellent. Graham, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what is it that you do um, yeah. so that people know a little bit about you? Okay. Um, Julia and I married in 1962 and we have been uh, pastors ever since then in fact i was a pastor for two years before that and uh, we were probably better known at mitcham for being at elkana uh, christian community up at marysville and we often had groups from mitcham baptist who used to come up there and uh, over the years i've been a full-time counselor as well as a pastor and uh, in more latter years, I've been retired and uh, um, writing, uh, writing books. So I um, brought some books along today. If you're interested to have a look at them, I'll just tell you very briefly about them. There's this one, which is a layman's commentary on the book of John. So if you're interested in working through the Gospel of John, that is there to help. Uh, this one is a devotional book, a daily devotional book on the Gospels. Um, and the one I was actually invited here to speak about, but I won't be speaking about it today, but because the pastor who invited me is not here anymore, so I don't have to do what he asks. Um, uh, and it's a book called Confronting Conflict, which he heard me speak about and said, come and talk to Mitchum about that. Uh, you shouldn't have to talk about conflict at church, should you? No, we never have any conflict. Ah, good, no, that's fine. good. <laughs> and uh, then there's a book on, um, on uh, child sexual abuse and the healing that people can find and the, the way through that. And then the last book that came out last week is a book on the church. It's... Uh, it's um, Probably the book that I've been meaning to write for a long, long time and uh, it's here now. And it looks at the fact that we get our models of church and the ways of doing church from hundreds of years of tradition and probably we have found ourselves getting further and further away from what Jesus and the, and the apostles taught about the church. So this is a book that refocuses us on what Jesus and the apostles taught about the church. Fantastic. And you, you answered just about all my questions I was going to ask you, so I'll just ask you one last one and then I'll let you get straight into it. Outside of writing books, what is one of your main passions in life? That's a good question. If you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said horse breaking. Um, that's what I used to do in my spare time. I love that. It was something that I've done ever since I was 12 years of age. 
but I don't do that anymore at 83. <laughs> um, so I think the, the thing I'm most passionate about is writing. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Julie and I have um, 14 grandchildren and six great-grandchildren, so got plenty going on. Brilliant. I'll let you continue. Thank you, Graham. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just, just for simplicity, all the books on the table are for sale for $20. And, uh, and if you haven't got cash, and most people don't have cash these days, I can give you our bank, bank details and you can take the book and then uh, transfer the funds at some other time. Well, I guess one of the things I am passionate about is preaching God's word and I'm looking forward to the next 20 minutes or so sharing with you what God has laid on my heart for this morning. I want you to turn with me to a feed. If you've got your Bibles or your telephones or whatever you use, um, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3. And while you're doing that, I want to say that, that three years ago we were at, at uh, Kings Canyon, you know, the photo you saw on the screen, it's a magnificent place. And uh, I decided with some friends of mine to actually do the climb up Kings Canyon. And uh, I got halfway up and I was having a rest, sitting on a rock and having a rest. And another guy in his 40s or so came up behind us and he was puffing away and uh, making hard work of it. And he sat down beside me and he said, uh, he said, oh, he said, I, I'm jiggered. And then he looked at me and he said, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 80. And he said, 80? Shouldn't you be in a nursing home or something? So anyway, I'm not yet. He was a bit surprised that I was climbing mountains at 80. So we're going to read from uh, chapter 3 of uh, Ephesians. And first of all, from verses 6 to 7, and then from verse 14 to 21. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. And then he says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything, in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, 
and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. What a magnificent passage of scripture and uh, Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he is telling them how excited he is about God's plan that has been revealed in these times. That his plan was to bring Jewish believers and, and Gentile believers together into the family of God, into a body, the body of Christ, which is the church. He wasn't bringing them into an organisation. He wasn't bringing them into an institution. He wasn't bringing them into a religion. He was calling them into a body, a body made up of believers of which Christ was the head. And Paul is so excited about this. And as a Jew, as somebody who came from a Jewish background, he loved the Jews. And as a Christian, he loved the Gentiles. And God had brought them together. And he said, when I think about it, I'm so overcome, I fall on my knees and pray. You can see Paul the Apostle doing that. And as he does, he prays for the Christians at Ephesus. But today I want to take this whole incident and talk about it in terms of what you pray for yourself. Do you pray the prayer that Paul prayed that day? And this, and, and first of all, we need to notice who Paul said he prayed to. He said, I pray to God the Father, the creator of all things. So he had, a, he had a, a vision of God, an understanding of God that was not limited by anything. He knew that God was his father. He knew that God was his creator. And he understood that. He came to a God who was powerful, a God who was loving, a God who could do all things. When we pray, do we think of God like that? I, I sometimes think we've brought God down to fit into our human uh, understanding rather than allowed God to, to uh, expand our human understanding to see who he really is. But this is, that is who Paul prayed to and th this is what he prayed. He said, we pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower us with inner strength through his spirit. Could, do you pray that prayer? Do I pray that prayer? I'm learning to pray that prayer after a long, long time. Many, many years a Christian and God is teaching me that that is a most important pray, prayer. To pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower us with inner strength through his spirit. 
The Christian life is not about, you know this and you don't need me to tell you this, but the Christian life is not about living by a set of rules, right? It's not about a set of rules. It's not about trying to earn our way into heaven by keeping the commandments. It's not even just simply about getting our sins forgiven so that we can feel good about who we are or so that we can go to heaven when we die. Being a Christian is being drawn into a relationship with a living, loving God, a relationship with a deep, intimate connection, a relationship with someone who knows who we are and loves us just the same. A relationship with somebody that we cannot make love us anymore, we cannot do anything to make us loving, love us any more than he does and we cannot do anything that makes him love us less than he does. We're being drawn, that's the main point of the gospel is that we're being drawn into a relationship with God, right? And, and it just happens that he's promised us that that relationship will last forever. It's an internal relationship based on his love and his grace. Well, what happens when we pray that prayer? When we pray the prayer that the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth, from his resources, will empower us with inner strength through his spirit. Well, Paul tells us what will happen. He said, firstly... Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. What he's saying is that when we invite him into, to take us into that sort of relationship, that deep inner relationship, he then comes and actually dwells in our lives. God is not up there, out there somewhere, not simply sitting on a throne in space. God is in us. Through Christ he has come to live in you. He, you are his house. You are his temple. Do you realise that? God has stepped into your life. God has stepped into my life. He has taken up residence in my life. He has... God has brought all his love, all his holiness, all his grace, all his wisdom, and he has taken up residence in your life. Do you understand that? Do you get excited about that? I was going to say, put your hands up if you get excited about that, but then I remembered it was a Baptist church. So <laughs> just smile. Just smile. Yeah, good. There are lots of you who think that. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it, to think that we human beings with all our frailties, all our weaknesses, are the house in which God has taken up residence. So every one of you, when you came here this morning, brought God with you. You didn't find God here, you brought him here, okay? And, and as we all come together, to, we are the body of Christ. We are all different body parts of the body of Christ. I remember 
uh, hearing a story about a Bible study that we're meeting together and they're talking about being the body of Christ and the leader went around the group and said, tell, tell, us, tell the group what part of the body you think you are. So they went around the group and they recognised that some were the mouth and some were the ears uh, of the body and one girl who was trying to be very modest said, I think I'm the little toe. And the leader said, well, that is really interesting because if you chopped your little toe off, the body would find it hard to balance. So it doesn't matter what part of the body we are, what is important is God dwells in us, he has gifted us by his Holy Spirit, and we are, we are contributing to the life of the body. Now I get, I, I get excited about that after 60 years. It is amazing, isn't it, to think that we've been taken from a place of unbelievers, a place of unforgiven, a place of hell-bound sinners. God has brought us into a place where he now lives in us and he's brought us together into one body. And of course, when he was writing to the Ephesians, the Ephesians were having the experience for the very first time of Jews and Gentiles meeting and worshipping together. And they understood this, that God had brought them together in one body. And he said, I'm praying that, uh, that you will be strengthened in your inner person by God. What does that mean? It means this, that often on the outside, we can feel very weak, okay? We can be going through things that are difficult, or in the case of the Ephesians, they were going through persecution, and some of them had been killed, some of them were being tortured for their faith. And he said to them, when t that's happening, you can feel very weak in the outside, but what you need is strength on the inside. You need your spirit to be strengthened. Haven't you met people from time to time, maybe you've been in this situation that, that people are going through really dark times, but they have a, a strength about them that really impresses you, a real strength about the way they're coping with life, a real positivity about how they're coping with life. Where does that strength come from? It comes from Christ strengthening them their spirit. Each one of us has a spirit, a human spirit, but we also have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, in answer to the prayer we're talking about, will strengthen our human spirit. When you're born again, your human spirit is born again so that it can connect with God, so that it can hear God's voice, so that it can speak into God's, God's ears. That, that is the human spirit. And God strengthens your human spirit. Whatever you're going through right now, you can expect that God will strengthen your spirit. That's the first thing he does in answer to our prayer. The second thing he does is that he says your roots will grow down 
into God's love and keep you strong. Your roots will go down into God's love and will keep you strong. We talk about our roots, don't we? We say, if we came from England, we say, our roots are in England uh, or our roots are in Asia or our roots are in Europe or whatever it might be. Or if we came from a farm, we'll say, our roots are in the farming, in a farming family. My great-great-grandfather and everybody ever since was a dairy farmer. So I would say my roots are in, in dairy farming. Well, you know what we can do as Christians? We can say it really doesn't matter a lot what our human ancestry was. Our DNA is now God's DNA. We have been born into God's family. We have a new DNA. We have a new influence in our personalities. We have a new influence on our characters. We have a new influence on our gifts and abilities, and it's the influence of God's DNA. We are the children of God. We are born into his family. He has made us his children, and he is our father. Have we got that? that you've just got to grasp that, because it is the most exciting thing to think that I am no longer... The, the sum total of simply my human ancestry. I don't have to be negatively impacted by a family of origin that was a painful place to grow up in. I don't have to any longer blame a father or mother or grandfather for habits or personalities that I have now. I can grow deep into the love of God and in doing so become more like him. And those things that we've, we don't like about us begin to change because we're growing deeper and deeper into God. Have you really got that? That's really very special. And then there's a third thing that happens and that is that we will have power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. There, is. there is a growth going on in us. There is a pro process going on in us which is taking us deep, deeper into the love of God, deeper into an understanding of his love. Not one of us in this room today, no longer, no matter how long we've been Christians, really yet understand the full scope of God's love. Maybe we never will until we get to the glory, but the reality is we are going deeper into it. We're learning more about that. We're learning how, how deep that love is, how high it is, how wide it is. And... He, that's the way he wants it to be. Uh, Julia and I, in the last year or so, have been through some really deep health journeys where we've both been in hospital and I had a major stroke and a few months ago and, and other, other issues. But what we're discovering is that it doesn't matter how you your journey goes. doesn't matter what is happening 
in your journey. It's designed to take you deeper into the understanding of God's love. It's meant to do that. I think I learn more about God in the valleys of my life than I do on the mountaintops. And I, th I think many of you would say you do too. Let, let's look at the last thing that happens. We will experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand it fully, and will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Remember, Paul has already said to the Ephesians that, that God has begun a work in them that he, he will bring to completion. He says that in chapter 1. And now he says, you will be made complete as you understand the depths of the love of God. God loves us supremely. God accepts us as we are. How do I know that? Because there was a time when he demonstrated his love to me through Jesus dying on a cross. And then there was another time when he demonstrated his love to me by filling me with his Holy Spirit and making me his house. And then there was another time when he adopted me as his child and became my father. And then there was another time when he gave me gifts that I could use in the, in the body of Christ. And then there was another time when he gave me the capacity to bear the fruit of the Spirit through his indwelling Holy Spirit. Every day he will come to give us a gift, a blessing, which re-emphasizes his love. If you're feeling that you're struggling right now, you feel that, that when it comes to faith, you're really struggling to, to be joyful or to be confident, then I want to just say to you today, my message to you today is that it doesn't matter how we feel right now, God is loving us as much as he has ever loved us. He's loving you as much as he's ever loved you. Things might be not turning out the way you would like them to turn out, but he's loving you and he's taking you to a place that is deeper than you could ever imagine. He wants to give you a sense of his presence that you've never had before. He wants you to pray the prayer that Paul prayed, that God, out of his wonderful resources and his wonderful richness, will indeed, will indeed strengthen us in our inner person. I'm going to ask you to um, pray that prayer with me. I'm going to read it to you in a moment and ask you to pray it with me and then I want to pray for you. And if, if, if you would like any of the folks here, myself, to, to pray for you, especially after the service, if you're going through a difficult time and you want so much to know God's presence in your life, then I'm going to make ourselves available to pray for you afterwards. Right now, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Will you do that? Uh, I will pray.
pray it and you can say it after me. I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources you will empower me with inner strength through your spirit. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Father, we stand together today as brothers and sisters in a world that sometimes fills us with concerns and anxieties and, and fears. But Lord, today we are reminded that not only are you the sovereign God, but you are the source of all love, the source of all forgiveness, the source of all hope. And we want to rejoice in that today. We want to thank you for that today. And Lord, today we, we believe that Christ has come to live in our lives, that he has made us his house, that he's made us the body of Christ. We come today to reconfirm the truth of that. And we know that as we do, you will strengthen us, our spirit, the spirit of our inner person. You will strengthen that so that we might know the victory over unbelief, a victory over, over anxiety. Lord, we know you will bring that into our lives today. And Lord, if there is a special need that any of my brothers and sisters has today, that you will, they, as they cry out to you, you will bless them with, uh, with an Im a vision of your love and your grace and your goodness to them. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.